Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, Research Analyst for Money and Markets. This is your Bull and the Bear podcast as we head into the Thanksgiving week. Just, I guess, a programming note, even though we're on YouTube and on uh, podcast channels, we will not be having a podcast next week uh, as we are going to kind of take the week off and, and enjoy uh, time with our families over the Thanksgiving break. So uh, this will kind of be the last one for about a week, but that's all right. I think we've got uh, some good information scheduled for you. Um, you know, leading into it, uh, you know, we look at a lot of different sectors and, and you know, and, and they range all over the place, but there's been one that we really haven't touched on a whole lot. And, and that is the real estate sector. Now, first off, overall, the real estate sector has really underperformed the broader S&P 500 over the last 12 months. The index value of the S&P 500 has jumped about 15.6%, give or take. Um, but if you look at the real estate sector, uh, Spider Fund trades on the New York Stock Exchange or XLRE. Uh, you'll see the value has dropped by a negative 2.55% over the same period. So basically, there is about a 17 to 18% gap between where the S&P has climbed and where the, uh, the real estate select spider fund is at right now. And, and let's be honest, investing in real estate isn't necessarily the easiest proposition out there. You've got to decide what kind of real estate you want to invest in. Do you want to invest in land? Do you want to invest in construction, property development? Do you want to just buy houses and flip them? Uh, there's all sorts of things out there that you can make money at in terms of investing. Uh, and, you know, but there is a way that I think you can get into the real estate sector and earn solid profits over the long term. And I, I want to stress that, that it's over the long term. It's not a, uh, a quick in, quick out, 300% gain. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is something that you can get into that will provide you more steady, long-term gains as opposed to quick hits. And, and what I'm talking about are real estate investment trusts. They're otherwise known as REITs, R-E-I-T-S. REITs are basically companies that own and most oftentimes uh, uh, operate income-producing real estate. The categories that they operate in vary. There's office space, there's apartments, warehouses, hospitals, shopping centers, hotels. There's even REITs for commercial forests. So there are, if it is real estate, there's most likely a REIT involved with it. Multifamily housing, uh, you know, single family development. I mean, there's, there's REITs everywhere. And, and it's important to point out that one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is because some of these categories of REITs are actually outperforming the broader S&P 500 based on returns, despite the fact that real estate is actually down. Now, if you're on YouTube, uh, I'm going to show a, a little chart here on REIT subgroup performance versus the S&P 500. If you listen to us on podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of explain it to you. Um, it, I, I, what I did is I looked at uh, eight different sectors, office, industrial, retail, residential, diversified healthcare, lodging, and self-storage uh, REIT performances. And each and every one of those groups uh, since 1994 to 2019 has outperformed the average return of the S&P 500. You've got office, uh, office REITs, which, are, which have given an average return of about 12.9%, industrial at 14.1%, retail at 12%, uh, residential at 13.7%, uh, diversified 9.8%, healthcare 13.4%, uh, lodging and resorts 10.2%, self-storage 16.7%. 
It's important to keep in mind here that in that same time period from 1994 to 2019, the average return of the S&P 500 was just 9.3%. So there's basically eight subgroups of REITs here that I could find that are actually performing better and in some cases way better than the S&P 500, despite again, the overall real estate market, uh, uh, real estate market in terms of stocks being down over the last 12 months. So today I want to break down a couple of REITs uh, with Money Markets contributor Charles Sizemore, who you can see on the screen next to me, or you'll be able to hear here shortly, to determine if these are kind of strong buys or ones to stay away from. And first, Charles, I guess I want to get your take on REITs and, and, and the real estate market and give me, give me your thoughts there. I mean, I, I laid out a lot of things there and I, I kind of want to get your, get your take. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you said, you know, REITs for, you know, every kind of real estate you can imagine, there's a REIT for it. There's actually a document storage REIT, believe it or not. There is literally a, a REIT that does nothing but have file boxes and file boxes and file boxes of junk from assorted companies and law firms and whatnot. And, uh, and that, that's a REIT. But uh, as a general rule, I, I do like the sector a lot. I, I always have. There are certain tax advantages to, to, to investing in REITs. Um, it's really the best way to get into real estate. Um, personally, I don't want to be getting a call at three o'clock in the morning to fix the toilet. Um, that's just not something I'm yeah, willing to do. Pro you know, property management just is not that appealing. To, no, it's not. To me, to me either. I, I, you know, I, would, I would much rather just stay away from that completely. It's, it's kind of one of the reasons why I rent now because I don't really want to have to worry about that. I have other things to do. And when you get tired of the place, you can just torch it and leave. Basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, just like a 1980s rock star to just torching a hotel and leave. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but no, REITs are great. I actually think REITs should be in every uh, retirement portfolio, kind of the percentage of the portfolio they should be will vary from investor to investor but I really can't envision any investor that shouldn't have at least a little bit of, of REITs in their portfolio. And I agree. I, I think it's, it's definitely important to look at. And there's so many of them out there. I mean, you, you think that, you know, maybe it's a very limited market. It's really not. I mean, we've talked about how many different sectors REITs are actually in, including commercial paper storage. Um, so, I mean, it just goes to show you that, that there are an abundance of REITs out there. We're just going to talk about two today. Uh, and, and these are two that are relatively big. Um, and I, and I picked them for that reason, just because you're probably going to know them if you have done any type of research or looking at into REITs at all. Um, the first one is actually one of the largest in the world. It's got a market cap of about one point so $106.2 billion rather. It focuses on communications, real estate for things like cell towers. Um, it's got a portfolio of nearly 181,000 sites. Uh, which is a massive portfolio. Its five-year annual sales growth rate is 13%. In 2019, it had $7.5 billion in sales. In terms of earnings, the company has a three-year earnings per share growth rate of 29%. It reported earnings surprises in each of the last two quarters, uh, which would be 18% and 23% respectively. Uh, the, the, the REIT here is American Tower Corporation. It trades on the New York Stock Exchange under AMT. And, and Charles, you know, you look at the stock chart here, and obviously, just like every other stock, it, it had a nice bounce in March. But this one here is kind of trading a little sideways and has been since about July. It's had some peaks and valleys, but I think it's kind of moved more in terms of the market. So first off, tell me what you think about American uh, and, and whether you think it's a possible investment opportunity. I love it. This is a stock I've liked for a long time. Um, I, my complaint about it, if I'm going to have any complaint, is that it's not particularly cheap. Uh, but I could have made that same comment several years ago. So this is a, this is a REIT that has been expensive relative to its peers uh, basically forever. But it's expensive for a reason. 
at the end of the day, um, cell towers are the ideal real estate holding. I mean, there's really, you know, you're not, what, what do you do? I mean, you're just <laughs> cell plus, towers crying you, out loud. If, if, you can, if you consider the fact that we're looking at 5G and, and, and how narrow that, you know, the, those, the, you know, how narrow the distance between towers is there, you've got to think that, you know, uh, in terms of needing more space, that AMT, if they're aggressive, is going to buy up more space for potential cell towers and really take advantage of a fire. Oh, sure. What I mean is, it's a it's a low maintenance business. I mean, oh, it, it's yeah. It's, it's I think it's fantastic, and it's you know there some real estate will never be obsolete, but as we've seen this year, and what we've seen for several years leading up to this year, but particularly this year uh, with all the, the COVID lockdowns and whatnot, is that while real estate may not be obsolete, we certainly have too much of it in certain sectors. Um, don't really don't really need as much retail space as we have, for example. But something like cell towers, uh, that's demand for that will not be shrinking anytime soon, if if ever. I mean, not not in our lifetimes anyway. Someday, new technology will probably come and make cell right. towers obsolete. I don't know that you and I will be alive by then. Probably so, not. So I probably not. So <laughs> I, I think this is um, this is one of those great sort of long term holdings. And, you know, I probably and, wouldn't jump in with both feet today simply because it is a little on the pricey side. I might make it a half position or kind of average in or something. Right. But uh, I, I do love it. I think it's a great long-term holding. It is. And I, and I agree with you. I, despite the fact that it is trading a bit sideways, it hasn't, it hasn't really been able to match any type of strong momentum coming off of its March highs. It is priced very high. I, I think it, it's, it, its PDE ratio is right around 56. The industry average for REITs is around 33. So, but again, if you look at the broader market, what's not overpriced at this point? I mean, there, there's a lot of things that are overpriced. Yeah, find something, right? <laughs> so, I, you know, it would be interesting to find, is there something that's not overpriced by, you know, it doesn't have a PE ratio of, of, of three to four and that isn't a, a stock that you know of. Um, it, you know, if we look at, at a, a chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell, Six Factor Green Zone Ranking System, you know, American Tower actually ranks a 55 and there's a reason why. It's not because it's bad, and it certainly doesn't, I don't think, change our recommendation in terms of what do we think it's, whether we think it's a buy or not. But the value is a little, uh, is a little low, but you have to understand how REITs work. Um, REITs are going to carry a lot of debt uh, just because that's just the nature of the real estate business. Uh, and, and the size, again, we've got a company here that has a market cap of $106 billion. So clearly it's going to rank very low in size. But if you, if you strip those two factors out, you've got momentum. We talked about that. It's a little above the mid-range in momentum. But if you look at volatility, the volatility is very low. It scores 93 on volatility. Quality, it is around a 68, which is uh, you know, above the mid-range. And then growth is an 87, which is way above the mid-range. So if you, if you strip out the two factors that we know are going to probably, REITs are probably going to rank low on in terms of size and most definitely value just because of, of that debt. Well, I would uh, actually throw in quality as well. I would say that even though this stock has a solid quality rating, I would say it's actually somewhat handicapped there because- our quality rating focuses on, you know, gap profitability, you know, gap earnings, right. profitability right. for the most part, and, and balance sheet management. And REITs always look over leveraged on paper because exactly. they're real estate. I mean, exactly. you, that's, they, that's all, they always point. have. And so I would say, you know, if you were to normalize the, the quality rating here, you know, for REITs, and I'm not really sure how to do that. That's kind of a long, geeky quant conversation to have with Adam. But uh, <laughs> I would say that this stock is actually – it's true quality is, is a little bit higher than the model would suggest. Right. But yeah, I, but if you, if you strip those out and even if you don't, I still don't think that takes away if you, cause you know, you have to know the model 
And, 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 you know, Charles and I both know the model. So it's easy for us to say, okay, it may score 55, but there's this, 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 and this. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do here is, you know, when you look at it, you're going to see a 55, maybe a 54, you know, 56 day change or whatever. Um, but still, I think American Tower is definitely worth an investment pick. Again, it is pricey. It's, uh, it's upwards of $240 a share. Um, so it's probably not one of those you want to liquidate the rest of your portfolio to get into. Um, you know, you want to, you know, kind of keep this marginalized to a degree. You don't want to just, as Charles said, jump in with both feet just because, you know, it is pricey. And if you're looking at a pine, you're going to have to sell something to add to, to add to this position. Well, um, you just have to consider that very carefully. So American Tower, both a buy uh, for both of us uh, here. Now, the next one I want to talk about, this is a REIT that I learned about a couple years ago, just because it focuses on logistics real estate. Now, that may sound odd, but let me give you a thought. Um, think of online fulfillment warehouses. So uh, if you think of that last mile delivery, uh, you know, you have a product that's manufactured in, let's say, here in Florida but I'm shipping it to California and I ship a lot of products to California. Well, direct ship is kind of inconvenient because of the volume that I have. So I need to have a warehouse that I can put this product in that's close to California where I have, you know, let's say 50% of my orders. Uh, and that way I have quicker delivery uh, to the end user. That's what this REIT specializes in. It's logistics, real estate, like retail and online fulfillment warehouses, B2B warehouses. So business to business product warehouses, uh, it's got about 976 million square feet of property in 19 countries. It's got a customer base of about 5,500. Uh, One-year annual sales growth rate of 25.4%. In 2019, it registered sales of 3.3 billion. So it's not quite the size of American Tower. It's uh, a little bit smaller, but still, it's a, it's a good size. It's a good size company. As for earnings, uh, the company's reported earnings surprises in each of the last five quarters. So it has beat Wall Street in consensus in each of the last five quarters. Five-year annual earnings per share growth rate, 14.16%. This company is Prologis Incorporated, trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker PLD. And uh, this one here, a little bit different from American Tower. First off, it's in a completely different sector. But if you look at the stock chart here, we see a little bit different in terms of momentum. Um, AMT, you know, was moving a little bit sideways here. We see the same thing, but the downs are not nearly as, uh, as much and the ups are a little bit higher. So a little bit different to take here, but not too different. Charles, your thoughts on Prologis? I will answer your question with a question of my own. Okay. Five years from now, will you be buying more or less online? More. Of course, we all will. Yeah, you know, like if there's any, you know, trend. No brainer. And, and the pandemic only reinforced this. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever go to a store again because I have gotten so spoiled with just clicking a mouse and having something, not even a mouse, this one, yeah. just clicking my phone and having it show up at my, at my doorstep. Two days so, delivery. I mean, uh, if I can- Well, you're slacking. Past, I mean, I usually get I stuff next day. I know. So, if, I can you know. Get if I can get past my need for instant gratification, then online- I can't. Makes, I can't. I, yeah, I'm the same. I, okay, I can't either. I stand at the door and wait and I kind of freak out the Amazon guy or whatever. But, um, but, but yeah, you know, online, we've seen it during the coronavirus lockdowns stores made major pivots towards e-commerce and there's a reason sure. why it's because if we're faced faced with lockdowns or or whatever you know that's the only way these companies are going to make money when your store is closed but then You've looking beyond that once stuff. once consumers get used to that convenience they're not going back right exactly it's very i mean I, you know now so that, now that we're trained in that trying to you know go out and go to a store 
just doesn't make any sense when I can either have someone go and do the shopping for me and deliver it, or I can order online, click a mouse or tap and my it phone magically or whatever, appears and have something either the same day or in two days, or just even, even if it's five days, whatever, doesn't matter. But yeah, so the, I, way, the, the, way, the way I look at this read is this is the underbelly of the e-economy. Absolutely. So, you know, it's the, the, the sexy stuff is Amazon.com. You know, that's right. the glamorous, sexy stuff. Exactly. The, this the is the boring, non-sexy, you know, fulfillment aspects of, of, of the e-economy. But, it's the, so, but, it's, but it is the most important part of the e-commerce. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is no Amazon. There is no, you know, there is no online economy without this company and its competitors. So uh, that's a very long-winded way of saying that I, re I really like this one a lot. My only, only hesitation at all is, just as with American Tower, it is a little on the pricey side. So I would say this is a good one to buy and hold forever you may just want to average in, you know, instead of buying whatever, if you're going to buy a hundred shares, don't buy a hundred shares all at one time, maybe buy 20 shares today and average in over the next year or right. whatnot. But I, I do. Trauncher buys don't go all in all at once. Yeah, space them out, space them out. But I, I think this is, this is a stock. There's very few stocks out there that I could say, yeah, I could see myself owning that 20 years from now. I could see myself owning this 20 years from now. It, it's a solid, it's a solid REIT. It makes uh, it, it's you know benefiting from you know the biggest trends of our lifetime, and it's well run. You know they have a great management team that's been doing this for a long time. So I uh, yeah I, I am a fan, and and I am too. And, and again, this is going to be a very similar situation to what we had with American Tower. If we look at you know Adam's six factor green zone ranking system, Prologis actually ranks lower than American Tower. Um, but again, that's because it ranks low in size. Uh, it ranks low in value, as REITs typically do, and its quality is a bit lower uh, than American Tower, which is why we have. I that want to elaborate on on the uh, on the value thing real quick. We, sure. we sort of touched on it, elaborate on it a bit more. You know, why are REITs punished on, on the value score? And I think it, it's it important to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it comes down to gap earnings and what happening, and that's generally accepted accounting principles. And I don't worry, I'm not going to give an accounting lecture. We'll <laughs> lose all of our subscribers if I did that, but. Uh, REITs have massive non-cash expenses uh, in the form of depreciation. And so even though REITs make money, I mean, they cash flow, like the money is in the bank. It, you, right. can, you can count it. You can count it's the dollars. It's, it's, it's there. It's a pretty it's consistent stream of money. Exactly. Uh, but on paper, they always look like they lose money or they don't make much. And it, it's, it's a tax game. You know, there is a reason why people get rich in real estate because it has the most advantageous taxing in the world. Even though real estate goes up in value most years, on uh, for for tax purposes, it it declines in value, and so um, REITs in general are going to just have awful earnings numbers, right? Because of that, because of those non-cash expenses, so that's that's a big part of that, right? And it certainly isn't because they aren't making money. It certainly isn't because they're not paying out dividends because they are uh, for dividend you know dividend percentage for Prologis about two point two percent a little lower than I think where we'd like to see it, but it's still a very, a, a very good. Uh, if that yield dividend. ever got up to three, I would mortgage my house and sell my car <laughs> to, you know, to own Prologis, push more into that stock. Right. Um, I think sure. it, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a fair buy at this, it's at current prices. It's, it's and, not and, that like, you know, run out and sell a kidney to, to, to buy more shares level, but it, it, it's still reasonable. And, and the one thing, if you notice with both of these, with both of these REITs we've talked about here is their volatility is extremely low. 
And to me, as, as an investor, I think that's very important to understand. You know, stocks have been bouncing all over the place, whether it be on coronavirus vaccine news, whether it be on the election. I mean, the, the markets have been fluctuating pretty vastly. Um, but one, you know, one of the things, there are several sectors that are consistently you know, strong and not volatile, but one of those are REITs. REITs don't really, they're not really that volatile. There's, I mean, unless it's a major announcement. Well, and these in particular, I mean, not, not all REITs are the same. I mean, right. Some REITs are more volatile than others. These I two would in particular, say, however, are not yes, volatile hardly at all. Not. So these are good, you know, these are good plays for the long haul. These are, like I said, like I said from the top, these are not ones you want to get in and try to get out quickly and find quick profits because you're probably not. You're going to find profits over the course of, of, of term. And th that term of a being, lifetime, of, a, of an investing lifetime. Yeah, you're, you're, you're looking at... 15, 20 years, probably, um, you know, Prologis' price point is a bit more advantageous than American Tower. Right now, it's about $102, $103 a share. So that's, you know, more than half the, the cost of, of American Tower. But, you know, I think both of these REITs are, are strong. And one or both of them would, would probably do your investment portfolio a lot of, a lot of good. So, um, so I think we're both, we're both pretty solid buys on, on both Prologis and American Tower. Yeah, you agree? I would. Very good. Uh, that, that's really about all we had. I just kind of want to get into it. It's a little bit different avenue than what we're used to talking about. But, uh, you know, as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, just kind of wanted to end off on that note. And with that said, uh, I do want to say that from Adam O'Dell, Charles Sizemore, and myself, we do hope that you guys have a, a safe and, and happy holiday and be very careful. I know that, that you know, the coronavirus is stepping back up again and, and all that. So we want you to be safe uh, above anything else. Uh, and, but, but again, I hope you have a very happy, happy holiday, happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back in, in a week, in a week's time. Uh, we will be back on with the Bold and Bear podcast. So uh, for Charles Sizemore, who, again, I appreciate his time each and every time he comes on. I'm uh, Money Markets Research Analyst, Matt Clark. Make sure you check out moneymarkets.com and sign up for our free e-letter. Uh, very simple to do. Just go to moneymarkets.com, put in your email address, and you get a daily e email from us. Uh, Charles writes on a regular basis. I write on a regular basis. Adam O'Dell is on there. Mike Carr's chart of the day. Uh, and, and that's what you get. We want to provide you safe and sound uh, investment information to, to really bolster your portfolio and your profits. So uh, make sure you check that out at moneymarkets.com. Uh, again, hope everyone has a, a great holiday and we'll be back in a week. Uh, until then, I'm Matt Clark, wishing you all safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 